0: Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. Hi there, Driven Woman. My guest today is Mr. Cara Graham. She's an academic professional with over eight years as an educational resource in areas of academics, career advisement, admissions. It's a a lot of things. She she does a (laughs) lot of things, (laughs) but it's all geared towards uh, advising and counseling students with diverse academic interests professional goals, and ethnic backgrounds, she earned a bachelor's degree in liberal studies, and she holds a master's degree in adult education and human resource development from Florida International University. In addition to her love for higher education, Takara shares a passion for fashion, makeup, and all things feminine. A part of her self-care maintenance is recording makeup, hair, and fashion videos for her YouTube channel, Tekarine. Is that how it's pronounced? Takara Renee. Oh, okay. My apologies. Tekara <laughs> okay. Renee. Yes. Mm. Uh, Tekaros. I feel like sometimes the, the differences in accents sometimes may butcher people's name, And it's because the (laughs) words are together. It's just Mm -hmm. my first and middle name. (laughs) Um, Oh, okay. So Takara's love for all things fashionable has spilled into the world of entrepreneurship. She is currently cultivating an eyelash line, interesting, along Mm -hmm. with other makeup-related items for her brand, Takara Renee Beauty. As a busy professional, Takara enjoys spending time with her family, Sunday brunches, all things fancy. (laughs) And of course, like a true driven woman, she enjoys things that motivate her like books and articles, anything dealing with personal development. So, Um, She sounds very impressive on paper, like a total nerd who's trying to also be very feminine. However, she has, I think, a really complex uh, sort of background, and I find that her journey is interesting, and I'm excited to share some of that journey with you all, and excited to, to share some of the wisdom that she's acquired over the years. So let's get into it. So Takara, I know you've been listening to the podcast and you know that I I start off by asking my guests to tell me something about their background, what what it was like growing up uh, and if there is any significant childhood story that stands out that has led you to the path that you're currently on.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. I'm so glad to talk to you and your listeners. You're
0: welcome. (laughs) Yes, let me just interject that I looked at my... Stats today, and I have listeners from over ten countries, oh, including wow. the US. Yes, <laughs> So that's major, Big up right? To you. Right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, you're talking to people from all over the world, as oh, far wow. as as far as Spain. Okay, so oh wow, okay,
1: <laughs> yes. I might need to brush
0: up on my Portuguese and my Spanish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, right. um, just a little bit about me. I am a Haitian American. My father is Haitian. My mother is American. I was born and raised in South Florida. So Mm. Miami to be specific. So um, just I was born and raised in a melting pot. We have Hispanic culture, Caribbean culture, African culture, American culture. So being born and raised in South Florida has given me the opportunity to mix and mingle and be Mm -hmm. friends with so many people from so many walks of life. So that's always a good thing. I'm an only child. A lot of people don't know that, but that is what really drives me. So being an only child and coming from both a Haitian and American background is something that keeps me going. So... Mm -hmm. As you know, being a Caribbean woman, Caribbean parents are very strict with education. You have to get get an education. You have to get an education. So just growing up, my father instilled in me that I had to go to college. I had to go to university. He wasn't necessarily pleased with my choice in studying because as Haitians would say, you need to be one lawyer, one doctor. (laughs) 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 Me, not being one lawyer, one doctor, You know, I told him, no, I wanted to get into fashion. I wanted to get into education. He wasn't necessarily pleased, but he was like, okay, you're going to university, so I'm fine. Mm -hmm, My mom, on the other hand, was like, I'm proud of you because you've always done well in school, primary school, high school. Now you're going on to college, something that I didn't do. So me being an only child, she instilled in me that it's just me. I have Mm -hmm. to work hard. I only have myself to depend on because I don't have siblings. I really don't have anybody but her as a support mm-hmm. system yeah. because her and my dad later split. So she was a single mom. So it's always the two of us. Yeah. And she just instilled and pushed me to go further. So that really is what drives me and basically what is like my story. Yeah. Being an only child, you only have yourself. So you have to keep pushing you can only lean on yourself. You have to be driven. You have to be ambitious because you're setting the tone for yourself. It's not like you have siblings that you see doing things and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I want to do that or I can do that. No, you set the foundation. Yeah. You kind of take the baton and go. And my mom, she didn't go to college. So I didn't see that. I saw from her a hardworking woman who provided a great life for me. Yeah. So I always knew that I wanted to achieve more. I wanted to achieve more than what she was able to do for me, for my children.
0: Mm, wow. I I really find your story interesting because uh right now, professionally, Caribbean women, uh, in terms of their level of achievement professionally is... Uh, significantly surpassing all mm-hmm. cultures. And then when you look at women who are from America, Black women, um, they're also one of the fastest mm-hmm. rising women in the professional space. And so I personally, without doing fact-checking, it was just something mm-hmm. I had in my mind that the reason for that was because the generation prior to this, uh, you know, the millennial... Um, right. women. you know the generation prior to that you know they had ex- examples to look at and now you're saying to me that look I didn't have that many examples if any I just knew that I wanted to make my mom proud right. and to ensure that whatever sacrifices she's made I made the most of them so I find that really interesting and um, you know, kudos to you for, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for not being discouraged by your father's expectations, but still pushing forward to what you, you know, you want to do. Uh, yeah, so, and yeah, I've mm-hmm. just
1: always been one of those kids growing in so childhood, adulthood, womanhood. I've just always been one of those people where if I want something, I'm gonna go after it no matter mm-hmm. what. So him saying, oh, you're not a lawyer, you're not going to be a doctor, it never deterred me because I know I wanted my education. Mm -hmm. I know I needed to go back to school to further my education, to move up in my career. So granted, it wasn't what he wanted me to do, but I knew I would still be successful and I still would make the family proud and make
0: myself proud yeah yeah awesome so i want us to go down a path um that i you may not be expecting so i know that (laughs) i know you enjoy all things woman feminine and Mm -hmm. stuff so uh from my observation um having lived in the u.s and Mm -hmm. also having the experience as a black woman in the caribbean the word femininity is is not a word that you see often and I personally feel like there aren't that many examples of femininity
1: mm-hmm. because
0: of this, I just say, struggle mindset, struggle culture mm-hmm. and the idea that you have to just always be struggling and that Mm -hmm. your beauty is not something that should be appreciated and that should be cherished it's almost as though uh acknowledging your beauty is a bad thing so how did you get into this space of oh I love fashion I love makeup I love you know looking decent having Mm -hmm. well-coordinated outfits how did you get into that mindset and start you know cultivating your own femininity
1: so I mean it's to credit my mom like growing mm-hmm. up I mean it's innate in our family like my yeah. grandfather he was a tailor yeah. my uncle's a designer my mom is really good with interior design so it's kind of oh, like a, okay. yeah it's kind of innate in our family so I honestly it was just like I was born with it like it was something that Comes natural to me, but my mom was always a stickler on Mm -hmm. you need to bathe, (laughs) you need to have your hair combed, (laughs) you need to make sure your clothes are pressed, you need to look a certain way. So when you grow up, you get accustomed to certain things. And by being the only child, I use my imagination and creativity Mm. a lot. So I used to play with paper dolls, I would draw, I would, in high school, I made money. Cutting jeans, cutting jackets, tie dyeing mm-hmm. jeans. So it's just like, it's my personality. Like, it's my gateway. It's how I feel free. So I'm always, like, into it. It's like a passion. So it just makes me happy. I feel like it's it's an escape. So anything that I can, anytime that I can feel beautiful is, like, the best feeling in the world. I I don't know. It's a feeling that's, that I can't describe. Like, I just like to look nice. I Mm -hmm. like things that are girly makeup, nails, clothes, Yeah, like in college, how I made money was I did styling and I did personal shopping for people. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I did those things, like things, the time just escaped. I didn't even know Mm -hmm. what time it was because it's like, I'm in a different world. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know, like to answer your question, I don't even know how I came to that femininity, but it's kind of like. It just happened.
0: Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was just born with
1: it for lack of yeah. better words, honestly. Yeah.
0: That's interesting because I feel like you get treated differently based on how you present yourself. I mean I agree. Um, and
1: because the the rhetoric and there's this this rhetoric that black women, whether you're Caribbean or you're American, you have to be so strong and mm-hmm, tough mm-hmm. and you're not looked at as feminine. Yeah. I for one do not subscribe to that notion. Mm -hmm. I do not perpetuate that for my daughter. My mother does not perpetuate that. My -hmm. mother is a prissy woman. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very prissy, very classy. My grandmother is the same way. I feel like as women, your femininity is what makes you a woman. You need to be soft. You should be able to be in a space where you can be vulnerable where you can be expressive those are all things that separate you from from a male Mm -hmm. and being a woman you want to look nice you want to smell good those are things that women should do and when you do those things and you look a certain way you are treated a certain way you're treated Mm -hmm. with respect not that you won't be treated with respect but people take notice to that like oh she's always well put together Mm -hmm. she always
0: smells good so those are things that are important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that I'm not the one saying this. You are, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you're preaching uh, my, my message out there. For some reason, people think that if you're a leader, uh, you need to be hard and coarse, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's no need to be coordinated, there's no need to uh, take pride in how you present yourself. Of course, you own on any obligation to look pretty or whatever, but the reality is, I feel like it does something for your own self confidence and okay. just how you approach your work. Exactly, Are- when you look good, you feel good, you yes. produce better results. Yes, yes, yes. So what led you to getting into the space where you're advising students? Was it an intentional move or (laughs) was it a case where the opportunity just fell in your lap and you decided to just run with it? So
1: it just fell into my lap. Funny story is I was working in retail Mm, and I was Speaking to my then boyfriend, which is my now husband, and I was uh, okay. <laughs> And I was telling him, like, this retail job is not going to cut it. I need to be using my degree. I just feel like I have so much to give people, yes. and I need to find something else. So I was, like, job hunting and job searching, and the opportunity came to work at my first university as an admissions counselor, and I was telling him, I really don't have much experience, but the pay is really great, the salary is good the benefits are great. I'm going to apply. Yeah. So needless to say, I applied, I got the job and that's how academia like fell into my lap. Mm. So when I started working there and I started working in admissions, I was working in admissions at, in a graduate space. So helping graduate students doing their masters, their PhDs, their DBAs get into school. And I just fell in love with it. And Mm. people were like, you really have a niche for this. And I was like, I think you're right, and so it kind of went from there. Like I started in admissions, and then I got a lateral promotion within that university to go into academics as a a program coordinator, and it just moved on from there. Then I moved to a really prestigious university in South Florida, the University of Miami. Yes. And I started working as a counselor there, advising, admissions, financial aid, and I just kind of moved on from from there. My role at St. Thomas University as a academic advisor was like the dream job. I was mm-hmm. advising young, I wouldn't say, not kids, but you know, the younger generation. They're <laughs> younger than me. <laughs> so... It was, just, it was it was, really great to be in a space where there were so many young girls that were so appreciative of someone that looked like them, mm-hmm. a woman of color, who was educated, who could speak well, who was friendly, who was approachable. So being an academic advisor, you're able to speak with so many people from so many walks of life, parents, to the students, to everyone. And it just feels great when you can actually advise someone on education and life in general because mm-hmm. I had girls that would just come oh hey Mrs. Graham I just have a question and I'm like okay sure come in they're like it's not about my classes I just want to ask you where do you get your haircut? <laughs> or, what <do> you think- <laughs> or what do you think about this I'm gonna wear this to my club meeting and I'm like oh that's cute I will put these shoes on so it was just really nice to be mm-hmm. in a space where you could actually be. students are benefiting from your advice from your experience and your expertise. So that's really how I got into education. It kind of fell into my lap. Yeah. I had, I gained a love for it and I just kept going. And like actually working at my first university is what led me to go back to school and yeah. complete my master's degree in the education
0: right right I love that because sometimes we have a certain roadmap or framework mm-hmm. in our minds about how our life is gonna go and then it doesn't really work out that way and right so you just kind of have to embrace the opportunities that come your way and that's exactly what you did
1: and right right
0: on okay this, an, another opportunities there. Let me also step right through that and uh, make the most of the experience. So that's good. It's so interesting that <laughs> students come to you about academic and non-academic things because the reality is that Sometimes our parents don't really teach us these things right? because they don't know, you know? Right. And you
1: can't blame your parents for what they don't know and Mm -hmm. they can't teach you. Mm -hmm. Because I know personally, I struggle with that. Like, oh, well, my mom didn't tell me this. Maybe it was something like about finances. And it's like, well, she can't tell you what she doesn't know. So oftentimes the girls would, you know, come to me for advice Mm -hmm. because it's like, yes, I'm an authoritative figure there, but I'm still young enough and hip enough to know what's going on. So they're like, oh, well, I'm going to go ask Graham and see what she mm-hmm. says. So it was, it was flattering to say the least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And And another thing is that like, for me, when I was at university, I didn't, well, I wasn't aware that th- there was a person like you that was on my campus. I'm mm-hmm. sure there was, <laughs> you know. Now that I look back, and I'm like, why didn't I feel as though there was a support system at the school, and I just needed to, to ask the right questions, um, right. You know, to figure out how am I gonna leave this place in one piece? And so I feel like your work is so so important because a lot of us were leaving homes, and mm-hmm. there's pressure on us to be the the one to set a new standard, a new trajectory right. for the family, and we're kind of clueless. Right. Mm-hmm. And
1: I I was able to have that opportunity. So when I first went away to university, undergrad, I went to HBCU, which is a historically black university or college. Okay. And I had a mentor that I met. Her name was Mrs. Martin. She was amazing, and I was able to have those same opportunities that I gave young women at the university that I worked at, mm. she would call my dorm room and say, Hey, Fikara, how are classes? Come to my office. Let's go to lunch. Let's just talk. You know, she was just like a wealth of knowledge, like knowledge in terms of what I needed to do and university, how to maneuver to get through. And just in general, like she was married, she was in a sorority. She was really put together. She was just like super fly. And she was just like, a beacon of hope or like mm-hmm. a ray of sunshine because mm-hmm. like all the things that you know maybe my mom didn't know in terms of university or yeah just something in general she was there to guide me so having a mentor or just people that you can pull from being able to use your resources is so beneficial especially to black and brown girls yeah because oftentimes we do not have the same privilege so to speak as everyone else
0: hmm yeah, awesome. So, as a wife and a mother, um uh, a lot of my listeners, they are they're still in the space where they're trying to figure out this dating thing and um <laughs> you know, why are men so crazy and oh. Oh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> kind of an an energy, you know, I may want mm-hmm. to get married, I may want to have a partner, but um men are so annoying, right? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's still annoying when you <laughs> So I want to know, um, what has your experience been as a wife and what was, you know, how are you dealing with, um, having to deal with another person and being committed to that person? Uh, and if there are any, you know, lessons learned that you may want to share with someone that is in that space where she's still learning about relationships and, Needs to know a little Mm -hmm. bit more of what she needs to be doing.
1: Yeah, well, I will say this how you start your marriage or your relationship is how you're going to finish.
0: So, Mm -hmm. never start
1: something that you don't want to continue throughout your marriage or your relationship. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, that's the best piece of advice that I would tell anyone who's engaged, who's in a serious relationship, long term relationship, or looking to get married, or is married for that matter. Um, But for me, what I've learned the most from my marriage is just patience. Like, I'm a person who does not have patience at all. And my husband is very patient, like, Mm -hmm. very patient. And I don't have any, but just being with someone else, you have to learn that person. You have to learn, you know, their mannerisms, their attitudes, their moods. And not all the time, those moods and attitudes coincide with your personality or your Mm -hmm. moods. So you have to be patient and knowing how to deal with that person. So you're not ruffling feathers, you know, you're not upsetting them in a way that you shouldn't. Because arguments and uh, and being upset is inevitable in a marriage. But you know, you don't want unnecessary upsetness or uh, unnecessary strife or anything like that. Yeah, but I would yeah. say what I've learned the most is to just be patient, mm-hmm. really, to just like yeah. be patient because I'm I'm not patient at all. Like that is something that me and God are still working on because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not a patient person, but my husband has taught me to be very patient because he's so patient. And plus just, you know, trying to get a feel of the marriage and yeah. really learning this whole marriage thing. I don't have a down pat by any means, but the patience part of it is what really helps you because you have to be patient as you go through the good times and the bad times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What has been the most surprising thing about being yeah. a mother for you? So the most surprising thing
1: about being a mother has been the fact that children are so forgiving. Children Mm -hmm. are so, so, so forgiving in addition to they're so resilient. So having a four-year-old, which my daughter, she's four, it's not easy being a career woman, being a wife, being a mom. And sometimes, you know, you're tired, you're frustrated, kids don't listen, but you can be in a mood and kind of snap. We all do but kids, they're like, it's okay, mommy. I love you. Give yeah. me a Give me a kiss. So if like adults were to just take a page from children, we probably would be living in this world much mm-hmm. more happier because children are so forgiving and they're so resilient. Like a kid can get sick and they still run and play like you know? nothing is wrong. Yeah. Wow. and that's what I've learned the most by being a mom that you have to be a forgiving person like things will take you off or annoy you but it's just been in that moment like is it a bad five minutes is it a bad five months a bad five years like be forgiving about the moment and keep going
0: yeah Mm -hmm. nice okay I didn't expect to hear that at all (laughs) At all, at all. I didn't expect to hear that. So Takara, I want you to look into your imaginary crystal ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let us know where we're going to be finding you in the next five years. So the next
1: five years, you'll catch me on social media because I'm okay. sure social media uh-huh. will be just as big as <laughs> it is, if not bigger. Yeah. Um, I Hopefully you'll be, well, no. I'm putting it out in the universe in five years you will be catching me in my beauty bar that will be full service (laughs) so it'll have makeup hair nails um it'll have a boutique in the back and then it'll have a part where you can do consultations Mm -hmm. about styling and personal shopping Mm -hmm. in addition to that next door would be my academic services so yeah I just I have this plan where I want to not only make women and girls feel beautiful about themselves, but also the things that we need to thrive to be successful. So whether it's help with your credit, if you're in the U.S., you know, you need credit to establish certain things. So Mm -hmm. credit or helping someone um, going into school, maybe they need help with financial aid or just how to fill out a college application. So mm-hmm. I want to have a business that will be able to do both. You great. feel great, but you're also successful and you're handling your business as mm-hmm. a driven woman. Yes. So that's, <laughs> that's where you'll catch me in five years, either in the boutique or in the office.
0: Awesome. So, so to close, so as someone who is all about the self-help life. Is there Mm. any book that really supported you in your professional journey or personal journey, or even throughout your marriage that you'd want to share with our listeners? Well, my favorite book is Effortless Style by June Ambrose. Mm -hmm. And that's
1: not really a book that would help someone in their marriage or their career. But Mm -hmm. if you're into self-help and you're into looking nice and you're into Mm -hmm. kind of come because when you look when you look good you feel good and you just like I said you produce better results but this book it tells you like how to be effortless in your style okay how to cultivate your style and what is your style so Mm -hmm. you know just what whatever it is that you feel comfortable in being effortless with that Yeah. yeah so that it's synonymous with your brand whatever it is but I will say in terms of like what helps me with work and marriage. I read a lot of mo- motivational quotes mm-hmm. and a lot of things to meditate on and yeah. prayer. Yeah. I pray. Okay. I pray a lot. So mm-hmm. I pray before I get up in the morning. I pray to have a great day. I pray for my husband, pray for my mother, my family, my child, my child. So just, you know, reading different motivational quotes or mm-hmm. inspirational quotes, whether it's about family or marriage, whether it's about finances, just affirmations, and putting that out into the universe so that it can come back to me and praying.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, people, uh, I am so excited to share this with you. And don't be shy about leaving your feedback. I, you know, I'm wondering why people are being so slow with the reviews, but I'll be patient. I'll be. Patient. They'll come. <laughs> It's so amazing that we were able to speak about things around uh, femininity and family and leadership and all within the context of, you know, being a holistic person. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. to have this conversation because when people think about women leaders, there's this box or this stereotype. Mm -hmm. And... We are not about that life, you know? No,
1: because you can have it both. It may be tough to balance it, Mm -hmm. but you can have it both. You can still be a feminine woman who likes to wear Chanel chance perfume Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. who likes to wear a pantsuit. Yeah.
0: So you
1: can have both, you can have both of, you can have the best of both worlds
0: yeah definitely definitely so all right thank you so much for joining me and i look forward you know to sharing this word and i look forward to following your progress and following your journey and of course i'm going to be sharing your social media platforms with our audience and so you have no choice but <laughs> <laughs> to do all the things that you right. declared in this episode right so right
1: right cuz people you actually well thank you so much it
0: was such a pleasure yes 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 you are welcome all right i okay. know bye bye it was my absolute pleasure to have you join us for this episode of the driven woman podcast be sure to visit sophiabryan.com for my complimentary platform masterclass in this masterclass, I show you the key steps to strategically share your unique message, even if you're scared to put yourself out there. Leave us a rating on iTunes if you loved this episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Driven Woman Podcast and Driven Woman Show on Twitter. Until next time, stay driven.